Hello and welcome to the Mindful Man Project. This is where we discuss all the issues and pieces of the puzzle that is mental health. We look at the things in life that get people down or create anxiety in their life and hopefully give some guidance on how to become a modern mindful man or woman. I am your host, Tyson Venables. Today I'm sitting here with Elise Carr. Um, Elise, we're, her, and, her and I cross paths at a mutual friend. Yeah. And uh, then once, uh, after I had my bit of a, a run-in with an individual in a bar, Elise reached out and offered her expertise and just to have a chat about um, relationships and how men and women react and also just everyday life. So I thought, what better opportunity to get Elise on the podcast? So here she is. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Tyson. It's a pleasure to be here, mate. Let the listeners know of what you've been up to and who you are and we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm the soul or the woman behind Stella Mew. That's my baby. And it's definitely an eclectic path that got me there. I haven't always been in this kind of esoteric, psychology, tantric, spiritual path, I suppose. Mm. I think deep, deep down I have, but I did other things to get myself there. So I guess my other life was foreign correspondent journalism and international modelling, which neither nourished like that deep hunger that I have within me for something greater, something more, something of purpose and substance. Like modelling, it's not an easy game and I was a different cat in that sphere. I was into sex, drug and rock and roll. I was probably the most pure nun-like in the industry. I just loved the creativity and the beauty that came of that. And that I loved, but it's very hard to just take that and not have everything with it. And it just didn't nourish me. Mm. And then when it came to the foreign correspondent journalism route, I was writing things that I wasn't necessarily passionate about either. Yeah. And even though it was cool to go to places in you know, Eastern Europe like Serbia and Croatia and Paris and London, and same thing with modelling, there was just something missing. And I, I came back probably mid-20s and decided it was time for a game changer. And that was like my second calling. To be honest, my first wake up call was at 22 when I came back from an international modeling stint and I was hospitalized with a cyst on my ovary that ruptured and the toxins to my body actually caused my heart to flatline, not once, but four times. Holy shit. And there I was flatlined, cold. Both my parents were there at the time thinking we'd lost our daughter. Um, I came back, I think it was like 30 seconds, so no brain damage, I'm completely normal. Um, <laughs> but that was like my first crossroads to go, hang on a minute, what's going on here? When mm. I got out of intensive care and all that kind of jazz and I was back home, not able to shave my own legs or make my bed or wash my hair because I couldn't live, like the whole body couldn't dry, I couldn't walk in fashion week, couldn't get a real job with my first degree, which was journalism and public relations. Mm, okay. So I was in this stasis, this holding pattern, this crossroads I suppose of like this old life that part of me loved but it wasn't it Yeah. and then where to from here and so I couldn't, yeah, couldn't get the job, couldn't model, my boyfriend at the time left me, I was back home with my mum and I decided then to like change my life and I went back and did my masters in communications and cultural politics and women's studies. I finished that, moved to Paris, continued studying in Paris, kind of died and was reborn I suppose in some ways and then started collecting these pieces of paper some integrated coaching to finish my Reiki masters to now find my way to studying esoteric psychology and practicing that and that's 
that's a lifelong game of study. So I'm Absolutely. going to be an eternal student. But it was this slow progression to eventually get to where I always wanted to be, which was being of service and helping people. Yeah. And Sonia was kind of born at that point, you know, 11 years ago, and she's kind of evolved and weaved together bits and bobs as I have too. So Stella Muse, what, that's been an intriguing one for me since uh, doing a little bit of research and stuff, and it's just like, where did Stella Muse come from? Is yeah. that like a an alter ego? That's what that's what both of It's like, yeah, that's my other self. Not really. <laughs> I think my other self might be Wonder Woman. You know, that's why you never <laughs> see us both in the same room. Um, jokes, but Stella Muse was born when I did my masters. I originally wanted to create a magazine that had substance and soul, mm-hmm. not being driven by advertising yeah, and okay. by by buying in the consumer world, um, creating more havoc, just like the fashion world does, unfortunately. Getting there, but not quite perfect. Yeah. Um, so I had to create something original, and it needed an original name. And I was just kind of going through different words, and obviously France and the French language is really, you know, connected to me. And I was thinking of like an artist, and then a creative inspiration. And then Muse came, and Stella being a star, it was like a light of inspiration. I'm like, that's what I want this book mm-hmm. to be, this magazine to be. And I kept it and kind of ran with it. And yeah. instead of being a magazine, she ended up being like an online magazine to start with, her first birth. And the second birth kind of weaved in, I guess, more coaching and healing and the tantra that I studied. And then like this final version that's up now, I suppose is really focused on more of the esoteric psychology. It's and pretty cool seeing like you're, especially with that, and you see your the way you grow and the the way it kind of just snowballs in its direction that it naturally flows like I wanted this but now this is where it is yeah. and it's continued it's probably going to just continue just to morph and oh, change shape sure. and, and I'd like to think growing closer to whatever it's meant to be mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like even though like the snowball like you said there's an expansion of sorts but to me, I also think it's like peeling back those layers that no longer serve. Yeah, the shedding as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that death rebirth that I kind of almost went through, I suppose, then reflected in the work and how we show up. And I think with everything, all those pieces of paper I got and all the studies and all the experience and even working with people, it was like working with people was the real joy. And that's what I always wanted to get towards. Mm. You know, and it was always there. I used to help girls backstage at modelling shows with whatever was going on. I mean, I remember even in primary school, like the teachers put in some of the boys who were struggling with ADHD and was kind of like, sit them next to me to help them. Like this yeah. helping guide neck has always been there. Yeah, it was like guidance. But, yeah, the, it was throughout your early, earlier time. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's come through now. And it's pretty cool, like, just even hearing your story and just, just listening to the way... The universe has like put you in a place and with all these different little occasions to then go, Hey, you've you've got to help people. You kept pushing, yeah. you kept giving you these pushes yeah. and then like that rebirthing is what you say is like, yeah. Hey, this is your chance now. Yeah. Do it. To to make it like your vocation, I guess, because it doesn't even look like a job. I mean I get up every day and I love the fact that I get to help people mm. or get to connect like this for us to help other people perhaps or yeah. to inspire someone or offer them some kind of tool. To me, that's the joy of life, is to be of service. And if somehow that service can help open people's hearts and minds together, because I think they need to be worked on together at the same time, sometimes one gets neglected. To do that, to me, is is finding some kind of substance and purpose to to be, Mm. to have this life. And if I get to do that every day, then there is joy in that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, which kind of draws me to, you've touched on a few different things that you're doing with like your tantric stuff, the um, 
your more your esoteric psychology. I'd love to know a little bit more about that side of things yeah. and like how 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 does that help like people that you see? Like yeah, yeah. for sure. When it comes to the tantra, unfortunately, most what we see in the West is bastardized yeah. and um and really sexualized mm. because as we know, sex sells. Who doesn't want to feel good? You know, mm. so. Often it's kind of packaged up in this feel good now, learn how to give each other pleasure, multiple orgasms, orgies wrapped up in, but it's spiritual, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, none of that is spiritual. And it was really tricky. I grappled with that at first because I saw so much of that around, I'm like that's not what I want, mm-hmm. nor is it what I want to teach. Tantra actually means to weave, to expand consciousness, for yeah. us to evolve, for us to, to grow and be better versions of ourselves. And Tantra at the same time doesn't exclude anything. It takes anything and alchemizes it from a base metal to, to gold. Mm-hmm. So it means it doesn't ignore the sex nature or the desire for pleasure or the desire for intimacy with a beloved, but it doesn't stay there. Mm-hmm. And the problem is with most things we see that call themselves Tantra or sacred sex or anything stays very primal. Mm-hmm. But we want to take that experience, let's say even with lovemaking with your beloved, we don't just want it to be a genital connection, we want it to be a heart connection, mm. we want it to be a mind connection. We ultimately want it to be a soul connection or hypothesis or God, divinity, bliss, whatever you want to call it, mm. right? Yeah. And I think of this, yeah, like prayer hands and that complete interlocking. So helping women, men and couples in one aspect, aspect of Tantra is to create deeper intimacy and deeper connection if they're in a current relationship because mm. that can get lost. After children, after a long relationship, maybe they never had it. Yeah. Or they might be just connection within themselves. All of us, you know, have different challenges and trauma, whether it's sexual abuse or for some guy it's erectile dysfunction, or maybe it's a fear of not being able to deliver and perform, or there's so many different factors. So some people who want to work with me in a tantric sense come from I guess that wanting to explore some kind of sexual component. For the record, I don't do any genital massage and there's no nudity. Everything's yeah, fully clothed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I can give them tools to then go off and practice on their own mm. or to explore with their beloved. Because we're not, once again, discouraging or neglecting that part of ourselves. We just don't stay there. Mm. To me, a lot more of a focus needs to be on the heart. Yeah. Because it's not just men, it's women too. We often have shields up. And that's because we've had to protect ourselves from abusive, neglective, whatever kind of childhoods or last relationships, and this space isn't flourishing. It's very easy to get naked with someone, but can you actually bear who you are? Yeah, and I guess a lot of your work would also come back down to almost trauma work, like past traumas and stuff like that, before you can actually allow this flower to actually flourish. That's like, exactly it. Yeah. And that's beautiful. I love they say flower because, you know, it is like a lotus, like as a, you know, in a sentence, chuckles we even call them. Yeah. There is that. And most of us are quite closed, even though we think we're open. What's really open is everything below the belly button. Yeah. You know, and we'll open it to anyone. Um, I say we collectively as mass as consciousness. Humanity, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're not all the same, but the majority is like that. So with Tantra, we want to connect everything. Eventually, I want to work with people in that mind perspective. Mm. And, and that includes not just having an awareness, but that includes working towards a proper meditative practice, a proper way of serving with a conscious outlook on life. So that, that highest version of you, which I call soul, maybe someone calls God, or whatever it is that they resonate with, I want that to work through your mind and your thoughts, mm-hmm. in your relationship and in your work and your daily life. I want that to work through your heart and those emotions so that you can healthily express, not project. And I want that to work through people physically, how they do things, Mm 
and also, yeah, they choose to express that through the sex nature. So it's an, a sacred act, an exchange of loving energy, an yeah. exchange of presence and connection, not just like, you make me feel good. It is something pretty powerful when you have that connection with your partner and yeah. like Emma and I have experienced what we understand as yeah. that sort of yeah. situation and and experience and it is powerful because it just it moves it's all encompassing it moves mm. through you as in one energy and mm. from top to bottom and it's just like wow it is like and it's more than just the physical act oh for and, sure and and it is something special like especially in a world where we are very disconnected with a lot of different mm -hmm. people and we, uh, in our our tribes are kind of being disbanded and yeah. stuff like that so when you have that time to actually connect with someone rather than just doing the physical side of things mm -hmm. it is so special mm -hmm. and it actually almost takes your relationship to that next level connect. of connection and it's so yeah. and it's great because then if there's somebody that you can then connect with is a loved one or a partner, or even just yourself. Like, yeah. if you can know yourself and know how your entire body works, it just mm. generally, like, yeah, it's something special it's to amazing. know. It's amazing. Yeah. Two things I love that you said then. One time in this world, we're so connected to devices and screens, we don't always have to create time to just be mm. and connect. And then the other part when you said, you know, to know your body, know thyself is like, that's part of my tagline of Stellar Muse. It's something that I believe in greatly if we know ourselves. And when it comes to body, I look at that as our physical body, you know, this tangible meat suit that we can touch that's designed to decompose despite our desperate hanging on to keep it alive forever. Our emotional body, which in the hippie la la or the healing world we call the astral body, and the mind, the mental body. And to me, we, and this is an esoteric psychology, we look at these three bodies and they kind of make up what traditional psych will call the ego and an esoteric psych will call the personality nature. And it's this that we almost have to override because this can control us. Mm. You can be the puppet to your body, you know, and become really obsessive. Like, you know, in the workout fitness industry, people become obsessive where like what they eat and how they work out and what time and they do this and only get this much sleep, it takes over their world. Mm. Or the emotions. Some people are really controlled by their emotions and someone can say something, they react or they break down and they can't control and we can get into that with man anger at some point too, yeah. right? Um, other people are really cerebral and very mental and they disconnect their emotions and everything's very analytical and ticking a box and it's compartmentalized and it's very separate, mm. you know, and if we can look at our habits and reactions and our default patterns with these kind of bodies, the better we know ourselves and then we kind of have a door that opens up to go, hang on a minute, there's got to be something more than this because this isn't who I am. Mm. I'm not my body. This, this actually goes. I'm not my emotions. Can you imagine trying holding onto emotion? Our emotions change like that. Mm. We go through 20 emotions a day sometimes, yeah. you know, even in this conversation, we've been like concentrating and smiling and, yeah. you know, and then our thoughts, like we're not our thoughts. They're like all over the shop and changing all the time as well. We're like, oh, what was that? Oh, what can I have for dinner? And oh, we're back here again, you know? Yeah. So we're none of these things, then what are we? And to me, that's when I come back to we are consciousness or we are energy or we are light or we are Christ or we're soul. Yeah. You know, and that high version of us, that heightened consciousness to me is what we want to pull through. Mm. And that kind of, I guess, combines the work in both authentic Tantra and the psychology of the soul that I practice or that esoteric psychology approach. So knowing thyself is, is really integral to me on a conscious or spiritual, yogic, Buddhist, esoteric path. Mm. 
Yeah. So that probably summarises, I guess, what I do, but also what I am, I suppose. To me, they're synonymous. Yeah. And it's the same, yeah. It's like what you, yeah, the yogis say, like, um, Bhagavad Gita, he's like, yeah. yoga is uh, the journey of the self through the self. 100%. And yeah, as soon as you start to do the work on yourself, sometimes I even sit back and I'm like, what if I just didn't start this? What if I didn't start this process and just completely just let, like, continue on being unconscious mm-hmm. and just like walking around, just doing my thing and yeah. just sleepwalking, sleepwalking, like not actually starting to pick back the layers and yeah. shedding things and yeah. growing. And it's just like, I wonder where I would be, where Tyson then would, would be now, like mm. what I would be doing. Yeah. And, but, and then the same token, you sit back and you go, no, but look at what you are, look at what you've got now. And that awareness of that divine something energy that's yeah. up there. Mm-hmm. And the more energy, like the more you kind of start to like pull it about, pull little pieces and go, oh, that's actually like not completely real. That's just yeah. your thoughts. Solution. That's, yeah. So, and that's pretty special once you start to really allow your mind to expand. 100%. And it's like, that's just the beginning. Yeah. But most people prefer to be in what I call like the kiddie pool. You know, in in the pit of pleasure, yeah. of the sex, drugs, rock and roll, buying stuff, gambling, anything, the quick fix, right? Because we most often want things now or yesterday. We want to feel good. Yeah, so we want that, yeah. Yeah, and we don't want to have to do any work to get there either. Yeah. You know, hence why that kind of version of tantra sells so well. Yeah. So a lot of the people of the world live there, and some of them spend their whole life there. And then there's others like yourself who kind of pick yourself up and go, well, hang on a minute. What happens if I get out of this play pit, this kiddie pool, and start actually going down the pool? Yeah. And notice there's depth and there's height. There's there's more to this reality or supposed reality. It's yeah. like the Matrix, right? The Matrix is just so mind blowing when you think about what when it was made and what it was about and the underlying current in that oh, movie, sure. like the Vedic around the Vedic kind of like underlying current poem. so many things yeah, and so even and that esoteric and some true and mm. most people didn't like the last installment because it wasn't like kung fu fighting enough because it actually brought more wisdom in and people were like walking out going i didn't really get that mm. you know because we're not all there but i trust that we are eventually going to wake up maybe not in our lifetime it's the same but... as like avengers endgame as well it's i haven't seen, seen that, that one no it's yeah so it's like the, it's the same sort of thing it's got that same kind of undercurrent mm. of like the deeper meaning of like what is actually thought to be happening and yeah. along the matrix line and you just go, hmm, yeah, actually maybe we if you look at past like the all the smashing and blowing up of things and have a look at the actual underlying story of it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe there is something else that's happening. For sure. Not happening. Yeah, exactly. It kinda makes me think actually, because we said, you know, we touch on anger as well, right? And I look at anger, and whether we take men or women, let's just take men for the example of men and anger. When you said that, it's like this kind of outburst on the surface. But often when it comes to men and anger, there's something going on underneath. Mm. You know, sometimes anger isn't anger. Sometimes anger is kind of just like a segue to another emotion because they can't deal with that. They Mm. can't deal with the fact that actually maybe they're sad or hurt. Um, sometimes they're feeling disempowered, so they lash out to try and get power back. 
Yeah. There's so many other reasons why sometimes men act in that sense, and just the the surface of that aggression, like you just talked about with the movie and let's say the kung fu scene or whatever. There's something underlying there that actually is fueling it and connected to it, and that's where we've got to get. Yeah, and I, I have known myself, and on my own journey as a young as a younger male, mm-hmm. I did have a few altercations in my time, and mm-hmm. it was just like looking at it now is. The communication, like, mm. instead of just saying, hey, like, why don't we talk about this? And seeing it as a societal thing as well, it was like, if I was to say that, it'd be like, what the hell is wrong? Like, yeah, tough enough, mate. Tough enough, mate, let's, mm. let's just go. And I'm mm. like, no, like, if you had just said, like, let's just sit down and have a chat about it, do you want a hug? Love that. Yeah. Like, yeah. um... I, and Tom, Tom and I were speaking about it a little while ago as well. It's like, yeah, if you just actually hugged it out yeah. and just talked it out, mm. things would completely change. And, and that's quite just, different with masculine and feminine. Yeah. Because I think masculine and feminine, because sometimes women are like this, but let's mm. say normally women aren't. Normally women are able to cry and release, not everyone, but most women, and then they can have a cuddle or a hug from a friend or their partner, and then they're okay. Mm. But if guys are kind of believing that falsehood or taking on that mentality, that belief system that, no, I need to toughen up, I need to suck it up, then instead of learning how to process emotions in a healthy context, in a healthy way, they suppress. Mm. And it's like a volcano or like anything. It's only like something you can suppress, suppress, suppress before it's going to erupt. Erupt, yeah. Yeah. Um, or it's like putting you know, a blanket over things. It doesn't solve the problem. It's always going to be there. So there's always going to be certain triggers that are going to set a guy off. Mm. you know and gonna make him punch a wall or even lash out at someone you know like I work with men who you know have broken up with their partners because their partners can't deal with how they are and yet they continue to be you know sometimes verbally aggressive or angry at this woman even though deep down they're heartbroken and they want to work at getting her back it's very interesting because somehow they haven't quite kind of put together the piece of the puzzle that makes them understand themselves better, know thyself, and go, hang on a minute, am I actually angry? Or am I acting in an angrily or aggressive way when really I'm sad or hurt or I feel disempowered or maybe in some cases people just aren't feeling justice Mm. and they have to fight back to get justice. But it's sometimes the way people go about it or men go about it isn't the best way, but it's all they know, you know? And then there are also others who go into a real primal state and almost like animals, territorial, like, you know, he looked at me that way, yeah. I'm going to go punch him. Sometimes there's that mindset too. So there's, there's a few different approaches to anger and, and why sometimes people do the things they do, you know, let alone those who come from abusive or neglectful or homes and childhoods that weren't loving, Yeah. you know, yeah. Um, or maybe there's a lot of bullying. Uh, from the big brothers or people at school and that's how they had to protect themselves and yeah. ego once again protecting which means the heart gets shielded and the emotional access is almost kind of disabled or it's um, kind of made really hard to access you yeah. know because we can't penetrate through yeah so they act out as opposed to turning it within and going hang on a minute what am I doing here mm. and catch themselves in the act or even after most men afterwards do feel shame or yeah remorse or guilt or especially if it's something they love or care about sometimes even i've worked with men who have been very aggressive and intentionally started fights to get rid of their anger and afterwards they they feel some kind of remorse 
at the time they might have been on drugs or alcohol so they didn't feel it then but even sometimes it takes years for some people to realize you know i did that because this happened to me mm. i did that because i couldn't express what was really going on i did that because i felt alone you know doesn't excuse it no not by any means and we still need to work with it but at least it's a realization they yeah. know themselves better you know and in order to get to that point of knowing ourselves better sometimes we've got to speak to a friend and hug it out yeah. you know like you mentioned tom you know or sometimes you might need to find an outlet to channel that aggression so you do do crossfit or maybe you might find a group of other men who kind of going through similar things, whether it's a men's group or whether it's anger management. And then the other thing is speaking to a professional yeah. who actually has the capacity or the ability to help you navigate this and then give you, you know, the tools and the guidance and support to help you then work through it so that you break that cycle, break that pattern, mm. break that habit and literally transform your life. That to me is that alchemy that has to happen physically, emotionally and mentally for you to make lasting change. Yeah, and it's so powerful when you eventually do that. Like, it's that daunting kind of like, oh shit, there's something wrong with me kind of like mentality, that thought process that goes through your mind. But then eventually when you actually take that step into that fear mm-hmm. and into change, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do this ages ago? Like, yeah. this is now, the light just gets shone on all different aspects, and you go, uh-huh, uh, in that area, ah, uh, in that area. And you go, okay, cool, now I can start to put these tools in place to actually then go, all right, this is not gonna happen again. Yeah. And you can start to really um, check in with the thoughts before they become an action. Yeah, or a reaction. Or a reaction, yeah. yeah. 100%. Just like you touched on there with fear, I mean, that's, that's kind of one of our biggest human issues. We don't like uncertainty, as you probably heard me speak about. Like the mm. brain likes certainty. Yeah. And it would rather stay in a space that's even disruptive or painful because it's familiar. You know, the pain is familiar. So we'll just stay in this familiar discomfort. Then the fear of going into what may be, into that uncertain, deep, dark, mysterious place, which could be the best thing ever. Yeah. But heaven forbid we have the strength and the courage, and that's what it takes. Courage, which Absolutely. I love that word because it's from the French word cur, which means heart. Yeah. You know, it takes heart to have courage, it's, it's big, you yeah. know, and to be able to step into that and embrace that is, is huge for many of us in big decisions and small decisions. And some of us really resist it, and some of us really embrace it, and then others are challenged at different times. It's a tricky one, fear. Yeah. fear like, and it can be, and it can be completely paralyzing. Mm. And, and then other times you're like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I've done it, and yeah. it was complete. Like that was me moving, moving down here, like to Melbourne. I literally just like one day I was just like, I don't, I don't want to be in Sydney anymore. I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna move to Melbourne, mm-hmm. and it's just been so, like it was fearful to do it because yeah. I'm like I don't know anybody here. I knew two people in Melbourne, sure. and it was just like I'm doing it, and. It's been one of those things where you just like leaping point, just jump in, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and yeah. you go back to doing what you you did and learn from it. Absolutely. And but it's just yeah, I I can honestly say to anybody out there is just like face that fear, mm. and like face the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Like, and do yeah. what you're thinking that's going to be the like the hardest possible thing and try it. For sure. 
And that's just it. And I think that what comes with that, sometimes we have that fear of failure mm. or they're not making the mark or not being good enough. And I, for one, don't really resonate with the word and don't use the word because I think everything is, is intel, is experience, mm. is just a taste test even or a trial or maybe you gave your all but then it didn't work and that's okay because that's not for you. Yeah. That's not where you're meant to go. Like I think back to that massive crossroads I had with you know, the modelling and journalism and I was like, I, there was this little girl in me that wanted this international model. I'm like, well, I did it, but it wasn't it, you yeah. know? And I could have kept pushing that and, and that would have been my life, full-time gig, but I'm like, that wouldn't have been of service. I would have been hungry for something real my whole life. It would have been wasted. Sometimes you have to give up or just let go of something, hence the peeling back of those layers, yeah. and be guided or know within yourself like that northern style that you're following to go in the right direction. Mm. And that takes courage. And yeah, sometimes you just got to do it and not overthink it. Other times it's really good to think and sit and be and, and analyse it. It just Yeah, because sometimes if you're up in there and you're doing all the things, it's just like you're doing all the things but you're not actually sitting and you do have to have an analytical brain at times and then you do also need to just have that will to just do whatever. Yeah, yeah. and the spark of like creative genius. Like we say in esoteric psychology, there's kind of two parts of the mind. There's that kind of analytical concrete mental we call it where it gets stuff done it ticks things off the box the compartmentalization i talked about that kind of side of things and then we have this abstract mind which is where intuition can come in like an actual hit those lightning bolts where you're like i just gotta do that mm. you know or it's just the seed that's planted and then it takes a while to percolate before you act on it right yeah but we have to try at least aspire to access both parts not to stay there you know and then have that communicate with the heart and and the feelings and what bubbles up within us when we start really sitting with that and feeling into it and going yeah this is it mm. I'm, I'm moving to melbourne like you said you know and and then you take action it's almost like the birth process when it goes through you until gestation and then it comes into manifestation yeah you know it's like tangible or an active step like getting on a plane exactly yeah it's it's something special when you eventually start to realize and put into put into action and put into place your your thoughts and uh, it's like I, I posted um, up on Instagram the other day. It was a um, a Vedic poem if I can remember. It. It's like um, your thoughts. Essentially, what I was saying is your thoughts become your reality. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and it becomes your destiny and it makes so much sense it's like the more you think about something mm. the more energy you put into it mm. that's what's going to come out of it and 100%. it's the same thing as like if you have a shit boyfriend or an abusive partner mm. the more energy you continue to allow that to happen mm. it's going to keep happening yeah. but then if you take it away and you create your destiny like i want to be in a happy relationship or a, like you actually put those thoughts and into place and into mm. action that can then be created through like that power of manifestation you just yeah. kind of like you start to manifest the things that you actually really want to and there's, uh, and there's two parts to that people don't realize how powerful their thoughts are we think like you know let's say we pick up the glass and we drop it like there's cause and effect right there action reaction immediately Emotionally, if we hurt someone, we can see that sometimes too. But we don't realise the thoughts do the same thing because mm. they're not as tangible. Well, they're not tangible unless people can read the mental plane. We don't realise that there is a cause and, and an effect. You know, there's an action and a reaction, and these are universal laws. And where kind of attention goes, energy flows. Yeah. That's a universal law. Yeah. 
so there is that kind of you know attraction happening there's also repulsion at the same time so there's a constant duality to life mm. like everything day and night summer and winter masculine feminine but just having that awareness that what you're putting out there with your thoughts with your emotions and feelings and with the actions you do on a daily basis those habits and addictions those things that you you kind of seek and do everything you're creating your reality mm. we have so much power and it's really fascinating working with people when intellectually they get that, but breaking the, I guess, the habits on an emotional level can sometimes be really hard. And until yeah. that's broken, they're not physically going to break them either. You know, like let's say someone breaks up with someone and, you know, this man's really heartbroken and devastated. Intellectually, he might know it's over and he can't get back with her for whatever reason. But if he hangs on emotionally, almost like gripping to his story, Right, that's his reality. That's where all his energy is going. Everything to try and like win her back, or sitting in a pool of desperation, or you know, distraught sadness, whatever. Yeah. He's actually not allowing his flow of energy to go elsewhere, to even be open to actually healing, and then in time, open to another beloved who might be more suited to him. Mm. You know, so where our energy goes, where our, sorry, our focus and attention goes, energy is going to flow. Mm. So be aware of that especially with habits or addictions that don't serve, Yeah. right? Yeah. And for some people that's like, oh, I drink too much on Saturdays, or you know, I keep saying these horrible, nasty things when I get upset and lashing out at my beloved, or whatever it is. Yeah. We have to start becoming more self-aware and then more kind of self-governing. And that's part of knowing thyself, is learning to control yourself, not suppress is the difference, right? But control, yeah. have, have the strength to be the master, you know, not be the, the puppet. Mm. And I talk about those three bodies. Often, we're the puppet on the string. And our desires and our wants, our needs, our sexual appetite, you know, the chitter-chatter, our emotional erratic up and down controls us. Yeah. And we're just at the, the mercy of it, as opposed to that high nature working through the mind and controlling. Like, oh, I can't be thinking about that. We're back here focusing here. Or the emotions, like, I've, I've really been sitting in this to the point of wallowing now. I need to move on and somehow help myself somehow. Hi, Emma here, one half of Flow States Retreats. I'm jumping on to let you know about our upcoming offering in Byron Bay. Join myself and Tyson for four nights and five days on the beautiful beachfront of Byron Bay. Our accommodation is literally on the beach. You'll learn to surf, or if you're already a surfer, you'll experience some of the best surf spots Australia has to offer. You'll have daily workouts, daily yoga, and you'll learn to meditate. We have a private chef and our venue comes complete with jacuzzis, steam rooms, and saunas. This is an amazing opportunity to reconnect with yourself and to learn to find your flow state. All the information is on our website. Head to flowstatesretreats.com or check out the show notes. That's exactly what meditation is. It's a, it's a walking eyes open meditation on a daily level like you're mm -hmm. literally like checking in with what you're doing is this serving my yeah. higher purpose no yeah. is this someone i don't need to be talking to myself like this why do i tell myself i'm lazy why do i tell myself i'm fat mm. now let's let's change that like yeah. let's start to change these thought patterns that, and actions and once you when you like i've even I used to I really tell myself like you're not worthy of like being successful because it was a, from a bullying yeah, instance because yeah. I was really quite smart in high school 
and but also really quite good at sport and so the bullies would like find anything to like they're like well, he's sure. good at sport he's good at school let's bring him down and so in the end like throughout my business like when I started my business it was just like I was going really quite well and go all right and then I'll go nah people are going to start to bring me down so you kind of self-sabotage and those little yeah. things and you just go okay I'll just I'll just meander along the at the me- meander along at the mediocre level and then you have no like this is yeah. this keeps happening mm. why because it was this okay that was then mm-hmm. this is now yeah. you have the chance to do it and just keep going forward and every time that kind of little switch starts to switch on you. No, no, uh, uh, no. This is, this is. That was then. Yeah. But keep moving forward. Yeah. And it does. Like once you start to really realize those. Yeah, the way you talk to yourself, the way you talk to people, the way you act, mm. inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it definitely does start to free. Oh, for sure, because you're breaking your patterns, your habits. Yeah. And that can be really challenging, especially if it's an addiction. But let's just say it's a habit, you know, or some kind of deep-seated pattern that you've been living, because you've known it for, what, at least maybe a couple of decades, right? Yeah. Yeah. So starting with that awareness, then starting with changing your habits, and that includes how you talk to yourself and the feelings that associate with it. Eventually, you might have those memories of being bullied, but you won't have the same emotional connection because yeah. you would have processed it and healed from it and this is all well and good this is a process right but this is kind of usually how it happens sometimes yeah. you do it on your own sometimes you need help and once you can start to detach the emotional connection from the memories once you can start to change your thought patterns once you can start to then feel different about the whole thing open your eyes up a bit to what's really going on here that you're creating this for yourself because of old conditioning patterning, whatever you start to shift and you change the way you do things and Often with anything that gets broken, like a habit or addiction or anything, you can get back on the arc and you're on the arc and then sometimes something will happen again and you might be triggered or hurt or something and you drop back down again. But the difference is, because you've already done that work, that grounding, you pick yourself up quicker. You get back on top quicker and it happens less and less as time goes on. You might notice you've gone a really long time without kind of falling off the wagon, so to speak. You know, and eventually being in that space of, you know, I've got this and holding your own and, and... stepping into whatever you're meant to do becomes your normal. And that pattern, that habit, that addiction has been completely severed. Yeah. And it's just a memory no, with no true. emotional connection yeah, and no yeah. power over you. That's amazing. And that to me is real progress. And, and I love like guiding and helping people through that. But it takes will. Yeah. It takes And it will. takes time. 100%. And that's the thing is yeah. that sometimes like people, people say, oh, it's so hard. It's going to... It's gonna take time, but it's like it's like I like to use all the analogy is like you don't step into a gym and you're not immediately fit from the first time you do a, an exercise. Mm. It takes six to ten years to become a really fit individual. How you want to be fit. Mm. It's the same thing of working on the inside, the, and that's the thing is like once you start to really see those um, progress mm. pictures, mm. like insight, like I guess you could call them. It's so empowering. Like it's empowering to know that, okay, cool, like this work that I'm actually doing on the inside is actually mm. now benefiting me in X, Y, Z 
mm. aspects of my life. For sure. And sometimes it's easier because let's say with the physical body, we can have progress picks. Yeah. You know, and if you're carrying more weight than you wanted or whatever, and you can kind of work on that, then you can see that's how I was, you know, six months ago, that's where I am now. Sometimes it's harder with the emotions of the mind. Yeah. We have to have, you know, a knowing and a commitment and that courage of heart and the will of the mind to keep showing up every day, sometimes with no expectations mm. and sometimes with a really open, I guess, um, expansive kind of thought and heart, I guess, synchronicity because it's not going to happen overnight. Mm. And sometimes for some people, it doesn't even happen in a couple of years or 10 years. It's like tiny, tiny micro steps that sometimes you might not even notice, but let's say we didn't see each other for 10 years and you've been doing this and I've been doing this and we reconnect, like, you know, you can see the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, you know, your outer world might not shift, but within you, you're taking gigantic leaps. And that's often what a conscious spiritual path is. Mm. Things might change because naturally, if you're doing all this work, you will have a calmer demeanor, more presence, more light about you, more serenity or grace, whatever you want to call it, that comes with someone who is, is kind of walking the path, however you yeah. want to call that. But within us, we sometimes can't see that it's really happening because we're so used to some big epic change. These might be microcosmic changes, but lots of micros lead to macro. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. to me, it's therefore a life path. And that's why whether it's yogic or tantric or esoteric activity, this is a way of life we're committed to this. You don't just go, oh yeah, it's going to use that, done, next. It's like, you know, if you're in this, you are in this. Yeah. And it's work. And that's why most people don't love it. You know, I've got some clients who'll reach a certain point and be like, thank you so much. Even after a couple of years, like I've quit this and changed this and my whole life's changed, like physically, emotionally, mentally, I'm doing different things. And, and now I feel like, you know, I'm good. And I'm like, that's amazing. And go do what you need to do, but just so you know, now the real work starts. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And some people are like, okay, thanks, bye. You know, like, I'm done. You yeah. know, <laughs> I've transformed my whole life and I love that I have, but like, that was big work. So I can't even imagine what you've got next. Yeah. But that's usually how it is because once you've climbed one mountain, you're not there. You go down to a valley to climb up the next mountain. Exactly. You know, it's this continual life, death, rebirth, or this whole mountain climb. It doesn't end. We keep evolving if we choose to, but not everyone does. Some yeah. people get to a certain point and they plateau and they're cool with that. Other people, you know, are hungry and they have an insatiable high desire, let's say, to go as far as they can, to push themselves as far as they can. And you can look at that, like say, physically with athletes. Obviously, there's mind in that as well. You know, and then for some people on that spiritual path, that means it's body, emotions, mind, and that soul or spiritual connection. The whole thing has to be on an ascent. Yeah. And then it might take a moment and then up you go again. It's it's big work. It's massive commitment. It's massive dedication. There's a lot of compromises and things you've got to give up. And that's why some people, you know, before, instead of taking, let's say, an esoteric path and a path of service and helping people, they'd take more the path of the mystic. And they'd go in a cave yeah, and, disappear for a while. and disappear for 20 years yeah. to reach this point. But we're in a world now where we need to serve each other. That yeah. was at a time where we'd say astrologically it was in an era of Pisces. That was the last 2000 years. Pisces was the me, my, I focus. It was a lot of going within just for yourself to reach that enlightenment or the highest point you can go to. Whereas now where astrologically the whole world, you know, is in an Aquarius. Aquarius is the water carrier. It carries water to give to thirsty humanity. Yeah, We're yeah. here to serve. Whatever we do, however we do it, it's unique. What you do compared to what I do, what your beloved does, what my beloved does. But we're here to help each other, not just for ourselves. 
So we can't just go off with our rifles and hit the, the caves and yeah. you know think about us. We have to do that work, like living kind of one foot in that spiritual, conscious, whatever world, and one foot in this world, even yeah. if it's the illusion world, right? Yeah, yeah. And we almost have to bring that wisdom that we gain over there, doing our meditation, doing our practice, doing whatever it is, our study and our training and everything, and then kind of translate it, somehow alchemize it and make it digestible for people yeah. who are at the beginning, who are in the middle, who are one step you know, behind us, who are a thousand steps behind us, you know, if we're their guide or whatever it is. And to me, that's where we need to probably be more aware that we're not just here for ourselves. Mm. We're here to contribute, we're here to make a difference. And that can look so different. Yeah. You know, whether you're in the food industry or whether you're in yoga or whether you're in corporate or whether you're in entrepreneurship, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We all have a responsibility and we all have opportunities and we can either seize them and embrace them and run with it and be courageous and put fear aside and put ourselves out there to help others or we can be fearful and not do anything and be in stasis like we've all experienced here, like if you didn't move to Melbourne yeah. or we can be selfish and self-focused and just make it the me show. You know, you'll probably know where you sit. You know, I say we, we're, like all of us, wherever we sit. Sometimes you might have moments where you're like, actually, I just need to focus on me right now. And that's okay. You might need to fill up your cup or heal if you haven't been well or yeah. mend a broken heart. And then you get back to that space of, okay, I can serve again and then get back to that space where I'm, I'm here for you. Mm. You know, we sometimes can go back and forth. Other times when we've progressed enough along the path, we can actually stay in that place of service. And if we've got stuff going on, we put it on the shelf. I'm going to get back to that, and I will. But I need to be here, even if my heart's broken, even if I was crying or whatever half an hour ago. And then when that service is complete and you're about to go home for the night or whatever, you get your stuff off the shelf and you process and you do your work. Yeah. Or you speak to your teacher or you speak to your beloved, you know. And I've definitely been there before, you know. And you're challenged. And sometimes it's the last thing you think you can do, but it's the best thing you can do. Mm. That's what some of us don't realise. There's such a power in, in service and helping people. Sometimes there's that beautiful feedback loop where by helping you, it helps me, you know, and vice versa. Yeah. And when we start to open up to this and open up to that humanitarian quality, which the world needs right now, that can be an internal revolution and an external revolution. Oh, absolutely. And that's what I'd love to think humanity's working towards. Yeah, like, especially in our, I guess you could call it our little bubble, our sphere, that there's, we, a lot of the people we're coming in contact with, a lot of people like yourself and myself and Tom and others are really setting out to try and help and try and change and try and just shine a light on there is that opportunity to help people yeah. and and it doesn't have to be huge. Like that's the other thing is like it doesn't have to be you don't have to be the next Greta Thunberg. You don't have to be the next person who's going to be changing the world. It's just mm -hmm. like simply art like having a chat with a friend or being going down to a shelter and or volunteering your time Absolutely. and um, and finding something that actually really lights you up mm. and actually go that's what I, I I'm here to help and I'm here to serve and it could be just helping at a, at a, a local sports team yeah, like coaching anything. kids yeah. like you're still a service you're, you're mm. still serving the community the greater good and 100%. Like, um, it doesn't have to be you don't have to be a world scientist and like who's like um, curing cancer yeah. and and really embodying what you do and yeah. you, like 
no matter what end of the scale, it's just pretty pretty powerful when you realize, okay, this is a set of skills I've got that I can actually help. Yeah, and, and using all service. your skills. Yeah. And the other thing that I think of when it comes to that is we don't actually realize that one tiny connection, one moment where maybe you were there for someone and you lived for two hours, or maybe it was one of those young boys on that soccer team you were coaching who remembered you, and 20 years later comes up to you, you know, mm. and you realize the impact you had. Like I used to teach modeling and acting classes back when I was kind of full-time modeling and then even when I was like studying and part-time modeling. And I sometimes would get, you know, young people come up to me who are now in, in their kind of like late teens and I kind of was teaching them like, you know, seven, eight years prior or something. And they'd be telling me what they're doing. I was so excited to share and we had this connection and you realize that they carried with them some of those things I spoke about because I really did integrate things like self-work. And self-preservation, and how important it is to you know show who you really are as well when you're connecting to these topics. I try to bring some element of substance into that world, right? Yeah. And they really had carried that. And whether they said, you know, that really helped me get this job or whatever it was, you know, or that helped me when I was talking to my sister because she was younger than me. And I'm like, yeah, the ripple effect. And that's why to me that what you put out there comes back. There, there absolutely is no doubt that whatever you do, grand or small, there's going to be an action and reaction. Yeah. And the all more reason why we try and do things that are great or for the greatest good. Mm. So that's for your greatest good as an individual and then the greater good of all because once again, here to contribute. Yeah. It's one of those things that was like <clears throat> being of service with people. It's one thing really been playing around with at the moment is Obviously, in a world of Western society and like the society we live in, you still need to make a income. Hundred percent. And it's yeah. just like how for it's one of those things where you start to go, okay, well, I'm, I'm of service, but how much energy can mm. I put out mm. for nothing? Mm. And then what can I get? And what? How? And that's one of those things where. As of a person of service, mm. you end up going, okay, like, how do you then negotiate or navigate those waters of, yeah. like, okay, now I need to be able to put food on the table. Sure. And, I, and, I, and I've found that in my own PT business at times where I've had clients who have, like, I can't afford it, like, so mm. you drop your price and then it's just like, but now I can't. I'm, I, I want to serve you, and I want to be able to help you, and I want I want you to be able to get as much out of it as possible, mm. and I can't actually then pay the bills. Yeah. So that's that thing is like being of service, but then also being knowing. It's tricky. What you, yeah. It's, yeah, I hear it's, you. It's, it's, it's a tough thing. I hey? think there's a couple of components there. One is boundaries, mm. and like I said before, what's right for you and what's right for the greater good. Mm. Because what's right for you in the sense of well, what feels right in line with my values and morals and everything, and also I have to hire a space, I have to buy equipment or yeah. whatever it is. I've got to pay rent. I'm going to like feed my family or whatever. There's those kind of factors. And then the other side of thing is, unless someone's invested, you know, they're not going to commit. Mm. And for some people, and most of us psychologically, that has to include a monetary kind of component. Mm. So if someone gets something for free all the time, are they going to value it? Not no, likely. Yeah. If they get a taste and they understand this is powerful, and then you go, and this is my fee, then they have a choice to go, yeah, I really value that. And if they come to the table with, I don't know if I can afford that, then what they may not realize is most often, not everyone, we're all in different circumstances, but most often they could afford it if something else is compromised, mm. if something else is taken off. Now, if this is for them, they're you know, on bare bones and all their money's going to rent and stuff, 
that's tricky. They yeah. might be in a position where it's not quite the right time for them. So you offer them something else. You offer them your podcast. You offer them um, this group massive event that you're doing. You know, you help them in some capacity where it meets their needs for where they are. The other side of the thing is maybe it's because they just did a massive splurge. We're on this massive holiday. They don't have any cash at the moment. Yeah. Or they spend it on, you know, shopping, gambling, whatever it is. Most people have money that they allocate in certain places. They have choices. Yeah. So are they making the right choice for them? People will invest in physical things, going out, having fun, drinks, food, that kind of thing, entertainment. Mm. But do they invest in themselves emotionally and mentally? And some of the challenges we have in a space that, let's say, focuses on mental well-being, because people haven't quite accepted that this is essential for, for us to live a full, healthy, I guess, and actually enjoy life. those And actually enjoy yeah. those, like, enjoy those instances of going out, watching a football game, and actually, actually be able to take it in, yeah. rather than just kind of mindlessly sure. watching it. And sure. With some sort of connection, I feel like mm. once you start to do that work and you, you can actually connect with everything that's going or more, yeah. I feel. You're alert, you're yeah. present, you're able to take in things, you're able to process things, and you're also more harmonised and centred. That's those three bodies again. If you're physically well, if you're emotionally balanced, if you're mentally clear, you are in a better space to give and receive. Mm. Physically with your beloved or your children or at work with your colleagues, with yourself. So... Back to kind of what you're talking about, I think it really depends on A, your boundaries in that space, mm. you know, or what practitioner's boundaries, and what that person who's coming to you, that potential client, is willing to do if mm. they have to make a sacrifice or if for the interim they do what they can and then when they're ready they save up. And yeah. I've had all different people in all different financial situations. Mm. And then the other thing, some people come and money's not the issue. Yeah. They might be fine with that in a really comfortable place, it's just whatever for them. Mm. But it comes back down to the work. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes the two hurdles seem to be, am I willing to do the work, aka change, make sacrifice? Step into fear. Yeah. Totally step into fear, be courageous. And the other part is, am I willing to financially invest? Mm. So kind of mentally and emotionally and physically invest, spiritually invest, whatever it is, and then obviously financially invest. And it's funny that i found so much like, people are so willing to invest in external things yeah like houses or um a nice car or nice clothes mm. going out mm -hmm. but when it comes to investing in themselves mm. and going inwards there's such a kind of like a yeah i don't know if i can do this i don't know but like i'll go out and buy a forty thousand dollar car yeah or a fifty thousand dollar car you know why right it's an easy fix and it's, it's that external fix. and it's status Mm. And that girl thing, and it's what people think of me. There's a lot of that too. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I've definitely, mm. that to me is what seems to be part of it. You know, it's easier, it's a quick fix, it's immediate. Just like when you bake a cake, you get to eat it straight away. Mm. Put the cash down, get a car, great, you know, and I'm going to look good in it. So, social status, acceptance, being part of the norm, doing what you do, which is get a car, get a house get married, get a doll, have a baby or three, you know, all these things that we're supposed to do and have stuff, all of that feeds the ego or personality mm. and it keeps you in the kitty powerful, right? Mm. But you're just like everyone else, that's okay. Don't rock the boat and be different. But it seems when it comes to, yeah, emotional and mental investment, as we call it, it's challenging for not everyone but most people. Mm. Uh, 
that's why, yeah, like yourself and a lot of other people, we're starting to hopefully change that kind of mindset. And, mm-hmm. and that's what this podcast is about, is like obviously with the four pillars, you've got mates, muscle, mindfulness, and mastery. And especially with like what we're talking about today, it's those final two that's like being mindful of what you're, what you're thinking and what you're putting out there, but then also mastering what you are doing mm-hmm. and being a master of your own self is yeah. the biggest thing is like, and then stepping into that and allowing that to happen and mm. help and helping yourself is mm. going to help the greater good. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I think it's pretty special with like what we're doing at the moment, what yourself that you're doing and like obviously Tom and everybody else who's coming onto this podcast like that I've interviewed lately. It's just like, it's mind blowing what everybody's doing in there and they're off service of different people yeah. in their own area. And hopefully one day that there is a lot of, a lot more woke individuals walking around and, and actually a little bit more conscious on like what they're, what they're yeah. doing. It's happening. It's mm. just like this very quiet rumble in the distance. It feels like, like you mentioned Greta before and you know, the school strike for climate change and you know, this that photo that was going around where it was just her sitting there with her sign. And then when there was another photo that had like three other girls around her, that was 2018 and then 2019, it's like the biggest March mm-hmm. strike, whatever you want to call it, ever, you know, globally. And it just shows you what one person can do. Mm. But persistence, perseverance, courage, and like almost that insatiable hunger and belief in what she was doing, mm. you know, and, and that's what we have to have. Yeah. Whatever it is we do, we have to believe in it. We have to have some kind of real purposeful connection to it. And until you find what that is for you, it can be challenging. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it is disheartening because you're like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, what am I doing in my life? And you're like, maybe that's just not it right now. Cut yourself some slack. Mm. It's like, this is the thing. It's like, cut yourself some slack. It's all going to be okay. Like, mm. And quite often I'll get into that point. Like, what am I doing in my life? And you're like, no, like, just sit back and have a look at like what you've done yeah. and what you've done and where you've come from and you go, okay, cool, like, I'm on the path, Yeah. just be patient. One of my favourite words. Patient, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the power of perspective mm. is what you're talking about. Because sometimes we get so caught in that narrow-minded view, our story or the idealism or, or the race, whatever it is, you know, to do, 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 and get there already, whatever it is, that we kind of get stuck in this this kind of running nowhere fast concept almost. Yeah. And that to me is when the substance is not there and the purpose isn't there and and your mind and heart aren't in it. Your body might be there but the rest of you's elsewhere. Yeah. And that's when you're disconnected. And if you're disconnected you can't be in alignment with how you show up with anything. Mm. Not for yourself, not in your intimate relationships, not in the work you bring into the world. So having those moments of pause, I call it, or reflection mm. and to go within and that's why to me having some kind of practice, a morning practice, is like a non-negotiable that I say with my clients. However it looks, some are more in depth and others it's just beginning early stages and it could just be five minutes. Mm. It could just be some slow, calm, full breaths, closing your eyes. It could be a visualization. It could be a word like a seed thought or a mantra or whatever. Anything to just calm you, slow you down, bring you to the moment. And then once you've done that, just to sit and be and feel and connect. Most times you realise maybe the heart, maybe you could feel your heart before and maybe it's calmed down now. Mm -hmm. Maybe your mind was 
why before, and maybe now there's a bit of clarity. You might you might know now what to do before you're just like, oh, too much, can't make a decision. Yeah. You know, or maybe you're just utterly exhausted and you just needed to stop. Sometimes if we have that check-in, and I like clients also to do sometimes like an evening check-in and how they were today physically, what they did. Was it right for them? Was it right for the greater good? Yeah. How were they emotionally? How were they mentally with their thoughts, their self-talk or self-criticism? And sometimes that, you know, on a regular basis, creating some consistency, creating kind of a healthy habit, a healthy check-in, a healthy review, we start to know ourselves better. Yeah. And by knowing ourselves better, giving ourselves that awareness, let's say, we can have better perspective, we yeah. can make better choices, we can then live a more conscious life, and then we open up the door for everything else to kind of start coming. But work in progress. Yeah, and that's the best thing. It's like actually enjoying the ride. It's like enjo- yes. enjoying the progress. It's like enjoying the path that you're now on is the biggest thing. It's like it's not going to be easy, and it's just like anything in life. It's not if you're on the the easy route, you're not challenging yourself. No, you're and in the kiddie pool. Yeah, you're in the kiddie pool, <laughs> and it's and that's the thing is like once you start to realize that people like this is this is moving and I'm more I don't like now taking in more things, and I know what's happening with. I feel, like you say, the body mind. And yeah, alignment or connection. Feel, and feeling a little bit more alignment, and what you're doing is just becoming more conscious of that is so powerful in, in your own personal progress. And then you'll, things will change. Things change in your life, and that's what you really, I find, you just go, wow. Yeah. Look where I was. That's that time, like you said, sitting down and just. Taking it in, taking that breath, you go, hmm, I'm actually not in a bad place right now. Yeah, but to do that, you've got to have your phone away, mm. and no screens, and no distractions, yeah. and, and that's why sometimes we need tools to help with that, whether it's, yeah, getting in a tank, like flotation therapy, whether it's like doing a class and kind of physically exhausting yourself so that you can kind of slow down, and you just collapse on the couch maybe, but you do it somewhat mindfully, you know, yes. or maybe it's meditation, or maybe it's getting on the mountain doing yoga, or maybe it's serving someone. And in helping them, gives you clarity on, on how to kind of process or do your own work. Mm. Maybe sometimes it's reading a book and getting inspiration from the Bhagavad Gita, one of the most you yeah. know inspiring spirit books ever. For some others, it's the New Testament. For others, it's the Yoga Sutras Patanjali. Mm. You know, they're kind of renowned as the three key spiritual texts. Whatever religion you come from, that aside, the actual heart of those texts, the love and the wisdom and the light in those is so powerful. Mm. And for some of us, reading a line of that can just help us realign, you know, or just realise that what we think is so big is really quite small. Mm. We definitely over-dramatise and sometimes, yeah, we make life a tiny little anthill into this giant mountain and unfortunately this is often what happens with people and relationships and the drama of everyday life and we waste a lot of energy, we waste a lot of time. Mm. We could change our experience of life if we weren't so emotionally connected. We don't want to be disconnected, but we want to be emotionally harmonious, really. Mm. So finding a way to help yourself slow down, reconnect, realign, whatever that looks for you, whatever tool, technique, or way you do it, is so important. We all have to have something like a go-to, you know? As long as that go-to is a friend yeah. and a hug, you know? Or sometimes it's a nap. Let's be real. Sometimes we just need a good 10-minute power nap. Yeah, quite often. A lot of people these days just needs a, need a nap. They're yeah. Just, they're just have a rest. Yeah. Just... And be okay with that. Yeah. Knowing that you haven't failed, 
that it's okay, that you're still just as good as you were beforehand. It's not a weakness. That's another thing. Sometimes men, they think they have to be at this point in this kind of giving it all the time kind of space, whether that's sexually or professionally, especially if they have a real drive within them. But to pull back and have no phone, have an intimate moment with their beloved, or sit down at the table and have a really nourishing meal, whether it's with family or on their own, and just sometimes the simple things, are like the bedrock of a conscious or spiritual or just a healthy progressive life mm. as well. Sometimes we forget those little things, you know, and that's why it ends up being junk food and a beer and Netflix or the footy or whatever it is and back into the hamster wheel we go, going, 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 no break, no consciousness, no alignment, completely disconnected and completely puppeteered as opposed to being that master and knowing that stuff. Mm. So My humble opinion. No, and it's powerful and I, I completely agree with that and it's definitely, this interview has been amazing. It's been so good. Um, we've gone on all these different tangents and come back to this overarching storyline or overarching message mm -hmm. of being true to yourself and just yeah. being within and working on within and knowing yourself to then be able to help yeah. whoever you come in contact Absolutely. with. And it doesn't have, you don't have to be a, you don't have to be a psychologist, you don't have to be a personal trainer, you don't have to be a yoga teacher or a meditation teacher. You, anybody can help themselves, then yeah. can actually help others. And that's yeah. going to lift yourself up and everybody else around you. And if you don't feel you're in a place to help yourself, and sometimes that happens, mm. then make sure you seek guidance or support professionally or from a loved one or trusted friend or find a group, even online, if you want to remain anonymous. It's so important. Mm. And I say this for women and men, but especially men, because sometimes guys need to like, you know, keep it up there like that's what we talked about and be strong yeah. and have it together and be the leader and the alpha male, all that kind of jazz. But there's no weakness and there's no failure in asking for help and support. In fact, it takes a heck of a lot of freaking courage. Absolutely. And I admire all men that come to me in that regard, especially if they come on their own accord as opposed to coming with a partner or girlfriend who's trying to get them. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, we need to take that courageous, like we said, step and sometimes seek the right guidance that can help us could just be get out of a rut or it could be you know a long-term mentor or teacher that that you work with and that's amazing mm. from from my place i think every teacher is a teacher every person needs a needs someone right absolutely like you were never like you said it initially like you with your esoteric um psychology yeah. that's going to be a life work yeah you're forever learning oh and humble student that, for life yeah and absolutely yeah so yeah. I, I completely agree and i urge anybody out there to if you are struggling with anything, mm. is to seek out any kind of help, whether it's just having a chat with your partner or going to a professional yeah. or a mentor. Yeah. The only way forward is to admit, in a way, yeah. that you do need help. Yeah. And it's the strongest, as a man, it's the strongest you could possibly be, is that yeah. admitting that you need help is then setting forward like setting you in forward progress to actually help yourself yeah. and then bettering your life. Definitely. And be that bright version of yourself that you want to be to yeah. do everything you want to do. You know, and it doesn't all happen. Ha doesn't all have to happen right then and there. It might just be a baby step, but that's that yeah. first baby step into happiness or yeah. wherever you want to be. Yeah, or joy or bliss or yeah. nirvana or wherever you're going. Yeah. 100%. Um, I normally finish with three questions or three things you'd normally tell your younger self. Mm. I think we've covered the three 
three things that I'd like to tell everybody else so they can, as long as they get through and listen to everything that we've listened to, <laughs> spoken about today. With be, their commitment and courageous hearts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, three things that you would tell your younger self knowing now that what your story is, I, should, I, I would love to know these three yeah, things. Yeah, that's amazing. I know you kind of gave me that little warning beforehand. And like the one that always comes to mind with this is patience. And I said that's my favourite word when you mentioned that word before. I... I kind of wanted so much to happen so soon. Like I, I even started writing a book, a novel, 12 and a half years ago. And that was when I got out of hospital. It was kind of my, my reason to F for my, my purpose to get up every day was to sit when I could at the computer and just write this book out, which was about this young woman navigating an unglamorous modeling world experience while seeking spiritual purpose, you know. And now 12 and a half years on, I'm still trying to get the right literary agent in New York to represent me. Mm-hmm. But it's been a massive, you know, Kind of evolution and when i think back to like two years in i was like why haven't i got this published yet and i didn't want to take the self-publishing route mm. so that in itself has been a massive yet be born baby that taught me patience but so many things in life have reiterated this and i have a joke with one of my dearest 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 girlfriends in the whole entire universe for lifetimes um saying that we're like pond scum because in the scheme of things we're like this tiny little thing in existence right we've got a long way to go so what's the rush like baby steps like you said so patience is a huge one a huge one i'd say one of the others is understanding that there's probably more to life than what meets the eye i think at times because i was so altruistic and so open-hearted and so devoted and dedicating to, to loving i suppose i kind of thought that's how the world should be and I believed people and I and I took things for face value when they were kind of someone else behind my back and there was lies and deceit and I had to open up my understanding of the reality that the world isn't just kind of two-dimensional and I had to learn boundaries and you know from a background of sexual abuse and abandonment and disconnect, those kind of things, yeah, I still had this open heart, which was really, psychologically, it's very uncommon. So I had to learn boundaries to look after my physical body, because she's a young woman living on her own in different countries with modeling and journalism, but also emotional boundaries, like who to let in, how much to let in, and, and that, not just be guarded all the time, but this person I can trust, and they've earned that trust. And if they've broken that trust, that it's okay to cut and leave. Mm. I used to kind of go down with a sinking ship, in some relationships with like dear girlfriends and also like a boyfriend Mm. you know and i think that that kind of boundaries and knowing when to open and close the heart those kind of things i think it's really important yeah so there are only two things the third thing i'd say mm, it's tricky i'm kind of like tossing off a couple of different ones i suppose i think Owning your truth, they're not too dissimilar in a sense, but I knew I was always different. Mm. And some of us have that realisation where you don't want to do what everyone else is doing. Like, I didn't want to do drugs or have sex, like, you know, promiscuously or to my boyfriend or party. And I, I didn't want, you know, to just have all my focus on clothes or whatever it was. I, I had a very different approach to life. I didn't, and I haven't still tried a drug or a cigarette. Um, haven't even tried ayahuasca, I have no calling from Mother Aya. Um, you know, and, and along the way, I realised there aren't many people like that. And and there's many other like, facets to me where I don't connect with people because they're not like that. I am very 
Tom said, she's very disciplined. And I'm like, to me, it's so normal. But then I realized, you know, that's different. Mm. But being okay with who you choose to be yeah. and knowing that that's what's right for me. Because quite frankly, I think in a past life, I probably did everything. Maybe it was like, I don't know, a drug smuggler. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like I've been there, done that. So I don't have a high kind of desire nature, mm. I think. And it took me a long time to not just know that's me, but not like be uncomfortable the slightest about it. Because yeah. I've got nothing to prove. Not with, you know, who I choose to, to be, how I choose to be, it, what I choose to do in the world. And that comes with, I think, maturity and wisdom and life experience. Yeah. So being comfortable with who you are, no matter how that is, if it's in alignment with your truth, right? If you're doing the right thing by you and you know it's serving in a great way, mm -hmm. big or small, however that looks, then that's cool. Yeah. So being okay with who you are. I love it. They're amazing. Three, three awesome things to tell your younger self, but actually resonate with everything that you've been saying today. But also just like three things that anybody could take away and really just think about, especially younger men or younger women out there in their mid, early twenties, yeah. teens, just yeah. thinking about where they need to be. It's just. Especially, there's a lot of kids there at the moment about to start their high school certificate and stuff like yeah. that, which is another thing. It's like, know your truth, be patient, and it'll all come. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Baby so, steps. Baby and courage. Steps. I think word of the day is like courage. courage. Baby courage. steps of courage, maybe, we'll every just put time, together. <laughs> every time you say courage, the, the line from um, Alice in Wonderland comes to mind. You know how he was looking for his heart? Oh, the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. The Wizard of Oz. The yeah, Wizard yeah, of Oz. Yeah. Like, every time you say courage, it's like, I get this flash of this, like... That's why he's looking for his heart. His heart yeah. For the French word, cur, meaning yeah. heart. You know, because without it, you can't be courageous. Yeah. And you can't be the lion, the king of your own jungle, without it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, beautiful. I love that. Alright. Let's finish on that. <laughs> Thank lion. you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. If you like what you heard and want to get all the info, check out the show notes. While you're there, rate and review the show. And one last thing, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Until next time, my friends, continue to look out for each other and continue to lift each other up.